Hello, hello! Welcome back to Loki's Librarian. If you are new here, welcome. I am your librarian, Katrina. This is where I'm reading through the enormous library books that you see behind me, and then I give you a quick synopsis and tell you what I think about them. So if you like books, just aren't sure what to read next, hit that subscribe button, like and share my videos, let me know what you think in the comments. This week's book of the week joined my library in 2020 when it was released, but I'm just now getting around to it mostly because I stuck it on a shelf and left it there. Then I stumbled across James Lindsay's New Discourses podcast and remembered I have it, making this week's book of the week, Cynical Theories, How Activist Scholarship Made Everything About Race, Gender, and Identity, and Why This Harms Everybody, by Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay. The accompanying cocktail is called Postmodern. It is one ounce of slow gin, one and a half ounces of blended scotch, a half ounce of lemon juice, and a quarter ounce of honey syrup. So let's do this. One ounce of slow gin. Now, little backstory here. The reason I bought this book is that in 2017, 2018, three scholars, Peter Bogosi and James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose, took it upon themselves to highlight the absurd biases present on college campuses in a and in quote-unquote peer-reviewed journals by submitting for publication bogus papers that were written solely to pander to the social justice warriors. Now, among these papers include, what did I say, one ounce of slow gin? One ounce of slow gin. Got a tiny bottle, so I'm not sure if I like slow gin. Oops, that goes in the mixing glass, not the cocktail glass. Among these papers included one that, like, dog parks were an allegory for rape culture. Yeah. And in one paper, they blatantly plagiarized large chunks of Mein Kampf, but whenever, where, wherever Hitler cites the Jews as the great evil, they replaced it with cis hetero white men as um, the source of all evil. These papers were accepted for publication with no or minor corrections requested. And when all of this came to light, the entire incident became known as the Grievance Studies Affair. Or you can Google college hoax papers and it'll pull you right to that same study. They, uh, this was highly amusing to anybody who's been paying attention and is well aware that insanity has encompassed our college campuses. Not so amusing to the... Um, social justice mindset who had their bullshit exposed quite blatantly and pretty much ever since then all three of them have become crusaders for let's stop this bullshit anyways all of that led to two of those authors helen pluckrose and james Lindsay, writing this book which does a deep dive into the history of postmodernism and scholarship and how that tainted tree has poisoned 40 plus years of scholarship on college campuses man oh man i say one and a half ounces of blended scotch it was a bit of a crazy ride, also a bit of a slog. Um, don't get me wrong, I think they are both very engaging. They're both very engaging authors. It's a lot of deconstructing what po postmodernists say. And if you've ever heard a postmodernist talk, you know that they use a whole lot of words to say a whole lot of nothing. And they did a very credible job of slogging through that nothing to give us an idea of what was intended by it. That counts. They're pretty straightforward in saying that postmodern modern itself. Now, some people say that it's dead. The authors say it's not actually dead, but it has matured considerably in the 50 years, I guess, 50 plus years since its original inception. I have to eyeball this one. I don't have a quarter mark. Okay. So, now the cocktail itself does not use absinthe, however. You are supposed to rinse the cocktail glass with absinthe, which means basically just a splash and then swirl it around. Swirl it around. 
Okay, and then I'm gonna just dump it on my plate there. Okay, I have to shake this. Now, it's matured. I mean, it's, it's inherent nihilism led to its moving underground, I guess, because I, I think they're right. I don't think it's quite dead. But not before it gave birth to its malicious children, which include post-colonialism, critical race theory, queer theory, feminism and gender studies, disability and fat studies. And they go into all of these different branches in this book. Now, first, some basic foundational thoughts. Uh, Postmodernism has two primary focuses with four sub-branches, all of which contribute to this faulty scholarship that has taken over colleges and then is now being spewed out into the real world by the graduates of these schools of thought. Let me shake this up real quick. Okay. Okay. So, first up is that post is the postmodern knowledge principle which is radical skepticism. Um, radical skepticism as to whether objective knowledge or truth is even obtainable and a commitment to cultural constructivism. Uh, essentially, this is a rejection of scientific method. Logic and reason belong solely to the province of cisgender heteronormative white men, uh, previously known as straight white men. I, I will say this as a female, okay, he's a white woman, as a straight white woman. Uh, this pisses me off. I mean, according to postmodernist thought, I am incapable of reason or logic because that is the province of white men only. I, I should resolve myself to having all the feels but none of the thoughts because feelings are just as valid as a way of knowing, right? You just know something's off, something's evil. I just know postmodernism is evil, but that's, that's wrong thing, so I'm probably not really a woman in their opinion. Um, trusting your gut has its validity. Okay, trusting your instincts is fine. You know, if you're walking alone at night in a dimly lit area, becoming hyper alert to your surroundings is a good way to trust your gut. On the other hand, it's also logical and reasonable. But saying that I know that area of town isn't the safest because I read the local crime report and so logic tells me to be wary is not acceptable. Trusting my gut because my spidey sense is tingling is perfectly reasonable. Except Spider-Man was white. Shit, I'm not good at postmodernist thought. I'm not sure. It's okay, but man, that splash of absinthe, it's... It, it's Wormwood has, has such a prevalent smell. I can, it, it, like, I hit that, that wash of absinthe hits my nose first. I'm not sure what I think about this one. Now, second is that postmodern political principle, a belief that society is formed of systems of power and hierarchies which decide what can be known and how. And that, that's so wrong, it's entirely backwards. Society is formed of people. And those people, at least here in the West, decide who gets to be in power by voting. Now, it's disingenuous to say that our voting system doesn't need to be grossly overhauled. There are definitely problems there. And there is something, definitely something rotten in the state of DC. But to say hierarchies are formed of power is faulty. But this is, hierarchies in nature are formed on competency. If you're competent, you advance. If you're incompetent, you stay where you're at. Um, for more on that, you can read Jordan Peterson. But this is where postmodernists get off on saying, speak truth to power, right? But they never once realize the irony that their ideology has already fully infiltrated the halls of power in America. It's seen on college campuses nationwide. It's seen in every Fortune 500 company that now has a die office, um, diversity, inclusion, and equity. And I know it's usually presented as DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, but my ordering of the words is more appropriate. Once DIE shows up, an organization is effectively DEAD. It just doesn't know it yet. 
die is a poisonous cancer that rots from the inside out because they mean diversity that's only skin deep literally diversity in color unless you're a black guy who happens to agree with you know those on the right and then you become the what is it, the black face of white power or something like that what was that ridiculous headline i'll find it and i'll yeah this side i remember i'm backwards on camera I'll put it up over here utterly ridiculous nonsense right but if you don't lockstep and goose step your way into history with these guys you're the bad guy and you are wrong um the four subcategories get off that tangent is uh, blurring of boundaries the power of language cultural relativism and the loss of the individual and the universal so let's look at each of these the blurring of boundaries is exactly what it sounds like it's the blurring of truth and reality into a, f a fuzzy haze so that you don't know what's true or false anymore what's real versus make-believe the insistence that trans women are actually women despite the evolutionary evolutionary imperative that humanity is a sexually reproducing dimorphic species um look i'll call a trans woman anything she wants i i don't care i'm not you know i'm not the kind of raging asshole who's gonna be like no you're actually a man if you're more comfortable dressing as being seen as a woman i am okay with that but pretending like you are in fact a biological female that you're capable of having a period getting pregnant i mean south park satirized that a decade ago brilliantly might i add um and and it's happening i mean south park it's i i don't necessarily believe they have like a crystal ball and can see the future i do think they're able to follow things to their logical ridiculous conclusion which is why they end up being right so often so does the simpsons incidentally simpsons was also quite good at that problematizing everything under the sun in order to win metaphorical points against your ideological enemies the blurring of boundaries contributed to the overall panic over the last few years and probably contributed in no small part to a large chunk of the population looking at leftists like they had in fact gone bug nuts crazy um, when all the leftists are screaming trust the science and we're all looking at them like you don't even believe in science but now you want us to trust the science what is a woman again? Can you explain that to me? Because you don't even know what biology is, but now we're supposed to trust the science because you say so. The power of language. Let's keep going with this one. It's drinkable, but it's not awesome. Kind of like postmodernism. Power of language. This is how postmodernist thought principle has been actively trying to change language. Uh, it's no longer straight white men. It's cisgender heteronormative man. 95% of the world's population falls under this category, but it's more inclusive to say cisgender instead of just male. Because what about trans men? Uh, those who were born female but transitioned, they're real men too. Despite the fact that they don't have a penis, will never get prostate cancer and can't get a woman pregnant. Yeah, but they're real men too. Postmodernists believe language has tremendous power to control thought, and they're right. It does have tremendous power to control thought. Those who oppose this bullshit have been falling down on the job by not speaking out against it. And I think that that's why Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman?, garnered so much hatred. He let them speak openly on camera as to what they believed, and postmodernism was revealed for the shell game that it is, which, of course, made him very much hated.
Now, cultural relativism is the belief that we cannot judge another culture based on the societal mores of the West. So we can't judge Middle Eastern or African countries for practicing female circumcision or for forcing a nine-year-old girl to marry a 50-year-old man because that judgment is the result of the morals of the West sitting in their ivory tower looking down on the East. It's the worst parts of Orientalism to place that judgment. So pointing out that something is in fact evil is purely wrong because you don't know it's evil. How can you? You're not of that culture. And I could provide context for the stupidity of cultural relativism in one image. I read Ayan Hirsi Ali's book, Prey, about a year ago. You might remember that. She is from that culture that practices that evil. Yet white author and darling of the cancel culture, Robin D'Angelo, never responded to her invite to debate. I remain confident that Ayan Hirsi Ali probably would have wiped the floor with her. But the problem is, these culturally relativism, relativistic ideas cannot survive the light of day. All right, when they're actually put up on trial, if you will, they crumble like that. All of this crumbles like that. If only you have the courage to speak truth to power. Their power, which is everywhere now. They're, they're winning the culture war, guys. They're winning the culture war because most people inherently agree that there are, in, there are inequalities in society that need to be fixed and corrected. And that provides them with just enough truth to wedge a toe into the door. And then they start pushing on that door until it bursts open. And then all of a sudden we get trans women are real women. And everything must be seen through the lens of culture and color and identity. No one is an individual under postmodernism. That's the next point, right? The loss of individual and the universal. Uh, individuality is to be shunned at all costs. So the statement should not be, I am a person who happens to be black or I am a person who happens to be gay. The statement should be, I am a black person. I am a gay person. Erasing the person for the identity. Identity politics writ large erases all sense of individuality among its proponents. You fit into a category and that's it. Loss of the universal is loss of universal truths. We are all human first. That's a universal truth. We're all human. I am a person. No, you're a black person. Emphasis on the black. Martin Luther King Jr. is rolling over in his grave so that the critical race theorist can kiss his ass. This is not the equality he fought for. So how did all of this come to be? Classical liberalism had, over a long, bloody 200-year span, essentially solved most of the inequality in the West. Black people are no longer enslaved in the West. Women have the right to vote in the West. Women have the right to hold down jobs in the West. They do receive equal pay to their male counterparts. The uh, bullshit trope about women only getting 78 cents to the, on the dollar to a men is when you compare like McDonald's burger flippers to the CEO of McDonald's, for example. But if you look at the wages of all the burger flippers, the men and the women are paid the same. And if you move up the line, the managers of McDonald's are all paid the same. I'm talking corporate locations, not franchise locations. You can't control for all variables. So with no dragons left to slay, the postmodernists had to invent new ones. Hence, the evil children of postmodernist thought. And they spend, the authors spend a good chunk of the, of the book explaining how the original postmodernists, so you have Jack Derrida, Michel Foucault, Jean-Francois Lyotard, Nose Chakra, these guys are all French. Jean Baudrillard, Richard Rorte, Frederick Jameson, and Douglas Kellner, who I suspect is probably English, um, 
how their thinking and writing directly contributed to modern social justice movements with the introduction of theory. Now, Pluckers and Lindsay specify there is a difference between social justice in the lowercase sense of the word, and they, and they break this down in the book, social justice, little s, little j, and social justice, with capital letters, and the difference between theory and the scientific meaning of the word and theory as presented by postmodernists. Social justice, lowercase, is important. Uh, social justice is why homosexuality was decriminalized, women are allowed to vote, black people are no longer slaves, and why we have wheelchair ramps for those who need them, why crosswalks emit a tone advising blind people when it is safe to cross. Those are good things. I don't think anybody would argue that wheelchair ramps are good, that black people should be free, and that everybody should have the right to vote. Those are all good things, okay? But social justice, lowercase, also acknowledges that there is still there is still more work to do, right? We have the problem with black people being in prison at higher rates, largely thanks to the failed war on drugs. I'd like to congratulate drugs for winning the war on drugs. Good game. Good game. Well thought. Uh, but social justice, with the capital letters, thinks that offering cochlear implants for the hearing impaired creates a genocide against the deaf. True story. Social justice thinks that instead of learning to get around in the world as it is, the world should bow down to the impaired. And then everybody wonders why TikTok exploded with people who suddenly have Tourette's syndrome or are self-diagnosing as autistic or self-diagnosing as dissociative identity disorder. Uh, a disorder so profoundly rare that genuine psychologists aren't sure it's actually a thing. That's how rare it is. But suddenly, it's all over TikTok. Yeah. And we should all bow down to that level of crazy. So far, only the American elites think that this is correct. We should be bowing to everybody. But they're forcing the rest of us to kneel with them. The rest of the world is probably laughing at us. Hell, I'm laughing at us. This is so ridiculous. But I'm also crying because I watch what's happening. And again small but very vocal minority is winning because the majority of us are too scared to speak. We're scared we'll lose our jobs. We're scared that our friends will stop talking to us. We're scared that the government will reprise against us. There's a reason a lot of us are really, really pushing back against the idea of a central digital currency because that is how they're going to control us. Um, I'm thinking of moving to a cash-only system myself. The more people who use cash, the less likely they are to implement a, a digital, central digital currency because cash will still be seen as a valued tender. On the other hand, tangent here, I can see a black market rising up in response to this where everything's done by trade and none of it can be taxed. I'm down for that. The anarchist in me is going, yes. Yes, let us see a black market where I can trade my bar of soap for your bag of apples. I like this idea. Now, theory, lowercase t, and the scientific meaning of the word means that something has been tested beyond hypothesis and has, bound, and has not yet been falsified. Yet been falsified, but it could be. And this is important. Uh, the authors provide the lesson of Newtonian physics, which were invented by Isaac Newton in the 17th century and is still taught in like first level phys physics classes to this day. 
and it was accepted scientific principle until Albert Einstein introduced his theory of relativity. And that has upset Newtonian physics and become the new theory. Now, relativity has yet to be falsified, and so it remains the predominant theory. The great thing about science, and, and no, no, not, not that science, that guy's an idiot, is that it is falsifiable. So some enterprising physicist in the future could very well disprove Einstein, and advancements will be made again, and eventually will achieve, you know, interplanetary colonization because science. But theory with a capital T in the social justice world is the catch-all term for the thinking behind social justice, especially on the academic level. It is the set of ideas, modes of thought, ethics, and methods that define critical social justice in both thought and activism. Uh, this definition is from the New Discourses website. It is in the book, but honestly, it was faster to look it up on the website than to find the exact quote in my, you know, sea of tabbies here. So I just looked it up on James Lindsay's website. I'll include the link to that website in the description here. Theory is canon. Theory is essentially the Bible of this philosophy. Yes, it's a philosophy. None of this is science. None of this is real. It's a philosophical school of thought that happens to be dominating right now. Theory is why any of us with a couple of brain cells left to rub together who haven't thoroughly pickled their minds. I have to pickle my mind to read shit like this. I don't know how James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose haven't developed, you know, alcohol problems, seriously. Uh, theory. But anyway, anyway, those of us left with a couple of brain cells. I'm working on it. I'm going to kill mine off eventually. Uh, know that this is an ideology. This is not actual science. There is nothing about this that is real. This is an ideology. Unfortunately, theory is one of the words postmodernism has managed to thoroughly corrupt and strip of all meaning and relevance. The authors address why all of this needs to be addressed, like head on, by the classical liberals everywhere. So much of humanity's potential is being lost to this rot and nonsense. People who might otherwise spend their college year studying math or science are being booted out of college because they are not diverse enough to study math or science. Isn't that sad? I mean, the cure for cancer might be a plumber right now. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. We need our tradesmen, believe me. Um, but his reasoning might not be because he wouldn't be a great doctor, but because he happened to be born a white man. And so all he's good for is being a plumber as far as these social justice theorists are concerned. Isn't that sad? She... She might have been suckered into a gender studies degree and will go on to help destroy a company because the ideologues got to her in her freshman year. Maybe she fully intended to be a doctor and would have cured actual deafness, not just with a cochlear implant, but the actual cause of deafness. But the SJW crowd found her first and she changed her major because they hit her outrage buttons just right. Fun fact. A lot of cults recruit on college campuses. Uh, I learned that in the cult book that I read last year, right, that one, because young women alone for the first time are highly susceptible to cult thinking. Highly susceptible. I had to go onto our local college campus very recently for, for my job, and while I was waiting for the person I was waiting for, I was approached by a Jehovah's Witness who just wanders randomly around the college campus looking for other people that he can bring to the Jehovah's way of life. Now, I'm not saying there's necessarily anything wrong with it. I am not calling the Jehovah's Witnesses a cult, but I did think it was interesting. I was like, huh, interesting. You're here recruiting people, huh? You don't say. So what can we do? 
The authors provide four very solid statements of what still needs to be addressed and what they believe to be pra a practical way forward and why they reject social justice, mo justice movements based on the actual evidence that what social justice warriors propose causes far more harm than good. And they have actual evidence that this causes more harm than good, which is probably a lot more useful than my response. Uh, the, the first and I believe only time I had someone tell me to check my privilege and not have it be like one of my friends being an ironic asshole uh, was in response to something I posted on Facebook. Um, I couldn't for life me tell you what it was. It was either May or December because I was sitting in the theater waiting for the play to start and it's either May or December. That's all I remember. And they said, you know, check your privilege. And I responded, welcome to Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. Retrospectively, welcome to Thunderdome is probably not useful for logical discourse. I'm a woman. I don't have to be logical. That's a man's province. I don't have to be logical. So Thunderdome was um, a social justice response. I mean, not necessarily a good response. A proper response would have been mea culpa, mea culpa, and start beating myself. But I like my answer better. Welcome to Thunderdome. That's it for this week, guys. I will include links to Lindsay's new Discourses website and Plecros has her website Counterweight, which um, new Discourses, Lindsay is continuing to break down postmodernism. And what's really interesting and sad, I guess, is James Lindsay actually has a PhD in mathematics. He, he could be one of the ones finding us a way to Mars, but instead he's dedicating his life to fighting this bullshit because he sees just how evil it is. And Pluckrose is doing her part with her website Counterweight, which is a solid place to go if you are beset by ideologues in any way. It's kind of a support group with good advice on how to navigate die cultists in your life. So I'll include links to both of those in the description. And that's it. I will see you guys next week. Uh, next week we are doing President Benjamin Harrison. See you then. Bye.